The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Nathan. And this is Charlie. We're your hosts for today. And on this episode, we're inviting a friend of ours, Matt Trombley, to join us and have a little conversation. Uh, Matt is an alumni of Forge Discipleship Training Programs and really doing a lot of cool kingdom work now in his life. So thanks for joining us, Matt. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I live in Parker, Colorado, so just up hey, the good place to live. Good place to live, <laughs> a very good place to live. And uh, but spent a lot of time in Texas, and uh, grew up uh, playing high school football in Texas, and all kinds of all kinds of good stuff. Um, didn't come to know the Lord until I was 16, mm-hmm. so a uh, little little bit of a late start for me. And then a couple years later, uh, Adrian Dupre says, "Hey, I want you to look at this pamphlet on the Laborers Institute," is what they used to call it. <laughs> Now they call it the experience. Yep. I call it forged discipleship training. There you go. There you and go. Everybody knows what we're talking about. I, I call myself old school, <laughs> if that's okay, because it was three months, you know. Yeah, that was the hardcore. The hardcore three months. <laughs> One month overseas. Yeah. And then a month uh, basically in a van with seven other people, um, you know, crouching around trying to get some sleep. So, um, yeah, I was with Forge before I'd even graduated high school. So I came two weeks before graduation. Wow. Yeah. My mom made me fly home and and walk the stage and then fly back to Denver. Um, wow. So it was pretty young in my faith, young period. Um, but it was one of the most formative experiences I had um, in my faith, in my life. You got to see people from around the country, different faiths, different denominations, um, and obviously experience some things and get training that, frankly, rivals what I get in seminary or what I got in Bible college. And so it was really an amazing experience. Mm. So. Yeah. As someone who came to Christ a little bit later in life, what was it that was compelling to you about Jesus? Um, some of us don't remember what was compelling about Jesus because it was so young. Yeah. Um, but what was compelling to you? Uh, I didn't want to go to hell. Mm. I mean, mm. that's that's the flat out. Fire and brimstone. <laughs> and it wasn't that I got a fire and brimstone preacher. Mm. I just, I remember actually talking to my girlfriend uh, at night and uh, she'd been taking me to youth group. And uh, I said, hey, what's this thing about Jesus? And she explained the gospel. And I said, mm. so I just have to accept him and then I don't have to go to hell. And she's like, yeah. It's like, okay. And I hung up the phone and just right there in my bed, I just kind of prayed and asked God to come into my heart. Mm-hmm. And, and that it was just, it wasn't any more complicated than that for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the next day I was talking to my girlfriend and I was like, hey, I did it. She's like, <laughs> did what? I said, oh, I did that, that thing. She's like, you did? And so evidently it was a much bigger deal than I, I was like, this makes sense. And, and I don't want to go to hell. And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not perfect and I need a savior. And mm. that kind of started my, my path um, uh, mm. to walking with God. Awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. What did yeah. you find kind of was the m- most transformative after that in your life? Like what, what was different as you went forward that next year after accepting Christ? 
Um, I had an identity that wasn't wrapped up in football, that wasn't wrapped up in grades, that wasn't wrapped up in school. And um, to have an identity other than football in Texas is saying something um, because it, it's, it's pretty big. And so for me, my identity was, was Christ. And that became the driving force for me. And that became what my life was about. And that became what I wanted to share people, share with folks. Um, and I, you know, obviously had some connection to Adrian and his brother, Greg, his brother, Greg was my youth pastor in Houston. And so there was a connection there. Um, and so that was really the transformation that took place. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing you, it kind of seems like that's still what you're about today. I mean, Christ is your identity (laughs) and everything you're doing. Yeah. And I know you are in the workplace and also Mm -hmm. run a men's ministry. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, what do you do for work day by day? And how does that fit with living for the Lord and yeah. what's his ministry that you're doing as well? Well, um, yeah, I started with a company called Wells Fargo, which is mm. a, uh, a just a small local bank, a small local <laughs> firm. Um, and I, I actually started with a different company that was bought by a company that was bought by Wells Fargo. And so I've been through a couple of corporate mergers. I'm on my second financial crisis now. So 21 years with a company. Uh, and I, somehow I'm still I'm still there, and they haven't kicked me out yet. And so it's been a great journey. I've had you know twice as many jobs as as years with a company, and they've treated me very very well. My family very very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know from a men's ministry perspective, um, you know my walk with faith uh, or my faith uh, hasn't always been like this complete upward trajectory. Right there was a period where. I wasn't walking with the Lord and I was just like, forget it. And I wasn't going to church. And so it hasn't all been perfect and I haven't been perfect at it um, and, and, and whatnot. But um, I, a few years ago, I started coming back and I started coming back to the faith and, and saying, all right, Lord, I want you to be sovereign. I want you to lead me. I want to submit myself to you and whatever you want me to do. It really doesn't matter if you want me to sweep floors, if you want me to lead something, whatever you want me to do. And from that moment, God just kind of started orchestrating things and moving us from Texas to Colorado, to Denver. And I walked in, we found a church and I walked into the executive pastor's office and said, hey, I'm here to help. What do you want me to do? And he, and he said, all right, hang on, young fella. You know, <laughs> let's get to know you a little bit. Um, but long story short, they needed a leader for the men's ministry. And I said, I'm, I'm happy to help. And that was uh, over three years ago, and we've got a great men's ministry that we're that we're with today, and uh, we do a lot of uh, cool stuff for guys, and we see a lot of guys going on mission trips for the first time and experiencing Christ in different ways, mm. and leading their families in really really amazing ways. So it's fun to see, kind of have a front row seat to see w- what God's doing with yeah. men um, yeah. here in Parker. Well, praise the Lord. Yeah. So. Uh... We know a little something about you that they don't know about you, which is that you did a TED Talk. Yeah. And I'd love to hear a little bit about what that was all about. Well, I was really, for, I mean, working for a company like Wells, it's re- you're really fortunate to have some opportunities that maybe not everybody can have. And so Wells had a great partnership with TED, and they offered their employees the chance to apply <laughs> to be a TED speaker. And almost 1,000 uh, Wells Fargo <laughs> employees applied, and they selected wow. 13 and I was fortunate enough to be one of the 13. Wow. And, um, and for Wells, the idea was let's let's explore and champion the diversity of thought, the diversity of talent that our team members have. And so mm-hmm. of the 13, you had a veteran, 
You had um, uh, somebody was from the Philippines and really from all over the country. You had um, made up these 13 speakers and, and I was one of them. And the topics couldn't have been more wide ranging. Hmm. There was one on the, the story and life of being deaf wow. and having a cochlear implant. Um, there was one person who spoke on uh, suicide in the military. Um, there was another person who spoke on stress at work and its impact and how to de-stress. Uh, so there's a lot of topics that was that were really far ranging, and mm -hmm. I was a little bit surprised that mine was selected because it was pretty close to where my faith and my work intersect. Mm -hmm. And for me at Wells, mm -hmm. there's a lot of discussion around diversity, and certainly diversity has to do with the colors of our skin. It has to do with um, where we were born. It has to do with our family situation, but it also can involve things like. How many siblings did you have? Um, how many were you adopted? Were you biological? Um, did you always stay in the same city or state? Um, what's your religion? And so for me, when I think about sharing my faith at work, um, it, I think a little bit about it like Paul did in, in Rome when he, he went and he said, hey, you got all these gods, and then you got this one, <clears throat> yeah. got this one statue over here to an unknown god. Let me tell you about him. And so for me, it's just finding that avenue to say, this is one part of me that makes me diverse is my faith. And let me tell you about it. And so I tried to wrap that into my TED Talk. And a lot of my prayer was, God, I don't want this to be something that just is yeah. for me or champions me. I want it to be something that I can share your heart with a lot of people. And so uh, doing the TED Talk and structuring around that, it was neat to be encouraged in that, not only by the Wells Fargo team, but by the TED team. And then obviously to have an amazing platform to say, um, you know, this is what I believe. And I think this is what can bring us together mm -hmm. um, in a different way. Wow. So what exactly was the content of your TED Talk? What did you... Well, you got to watch the TED Talk. Oh, yeah. I mean, I watched it, man. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, no. It, um, <laughs> so the genesis of it was really me. Um, and it's funny to... So we're sitting here in July and we're turning on the news and everybody's mad about everything yep. and everybody. Honestly, the genesis of this was last summer, me looking around and seeing the same thing and saying, everybody's mad at everything, at everybody. <laughs> and we can't seem to find a way to have relationships. We can't see, if, if you don't agree with me, if you don't believe the same way I do, if you don't vote the same way I do, well, then we just can't be friends. And I said, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a different way. Yeah. Um, is, there, is there a different way besides just choosing sides and shouting at each other across the street? <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and honestly... from you my, Jesus uh, shouted from across the street? Uh, <laughs> that wasn't his his go-to his go-to approach um no he got up and close he got up close yeah. with people he had a relationship with people in fact he was criticized for that i mean luke 15 says mm -hmm. the the pharisees said who's this person who dines with sinners well he was creating brotherhood with them is what they yeah. were upset about he was creating equality with them he's having a relationship with them and out of that relationship they got close enough to experience him mm -hmm. Well, well, listen, if, if we don't have relationships with people who disagree with us, how in the world are they going to hear right. what we have to say? Mm. How are we going to hear what they have to say? How are we going to hear about their wounds? How are we going to hear about their, their joys? How are we going to experience things? How are we going to live out our faith and say, love your neighbor as yourself? Well, how do you even know what that looks like if you don't know the person? Mm. So if all we do is, is, is classify people and say you're either the enemy or you're not the enemy, 
um, then it's going to be really hard for us to to have relationships that spread the gospel. It's going to be really hard for us to have relationships that, frankly, aren't just warlike all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's a passage I thought about, too, when you were bringing it up, Mm -hmm. is Jesus sat at the table with people and engaged them in relationship. And I don't think he agreed with Zacchaeus cutting funds from the poor. Right. I don't think he agreed with the woman who was caught in adultery saying, he didn't agree with her sleeping around. Right. No, he came and engaged them in relationship and then saw that transformation right. happen as a result. Well, yeah, uh, and, and I have to give a lot of credit to, to Rick Warren, um, and I use I use his some of his material mm-hmm. in my talk. He, he, uh, a few years ago, he coined a, a great quote that said, you know, we believe a couple of lies. And the first lie is that if you love me, you have to agree with everything I say or do. Mm-hmm. And then the other is the opposite that says, if you don't agree with me, it must mean you hate me. And, and that's where I felt like we were. If you didn't agree with me, then you must hate me. If if you love me, then you'll agree with me. And so by by kind of process of deduction, if you disagree with me, it means you don't mm-hmm. love me. Well, I can love you and not agree with you. Yeah. I can love I can I can not hate you and disagree with you. You know, and but we've fallen into this trap of it's one or the other. There's yeah. only one side there's only two sides. <clears throat> it's mm-hmm. it's this side or that side. And pick your Pick your genre, right? Pick politics. Um, pick, you know, sports teams I mean, <laughs> on a lighter side. Um, uh, which restaurant you want to eat at on Friday night? Sure. Or uh, or, or right now, uh, do you want to wear a mask or not? Yeah. I mean, it's a hot button issue. <laughs> it's, it's, well, well, yeah, but it, I mean. And I think that is one of the number one lies I'm seeing everywhere mm-hmm. is, yeah, if, if we disagree on anything, then then we don't love each other. Yeah. And it's it's just rampant everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I, we, you disagree, then you're a terrible person. Yeah, yeah. And what really helped me change the way I thought, because this was born out of a personal transformation for me, because mm-hmm. I'm a simple guy. And so, I, I mean, I came to faith because I said I didn't want to go to hell. <laughs> I'm a simple guy. <laughs> it's not, I'm not real complicated. But, um it, it transformed me to, to think about this amazing quote that I, I just watched in a movie. And it's a movie on Lincoln by Steven Spielberg. And there's this quote. I don't know if Lincoln actually said it or not, but it was a great quote. He said, two things that equal the same thing equal each other. And so, I, th- I, I mean, it put, I was watching it on an airplane, and I sat back in my chair, and I said, two things that equal the same thing equal each other. Well, okay, so if we're both equal to God because we were created by God, then we're both equal to each other. Mm. And so why don't we just start there? Why don't we just Mm. start that says, there isn't a person that I lock eyes with that God didn't create, according to my faith. Yeah. Every person is made in God's image. Right. So then there isn't a person that I lock eyes with that isn't valuable to God. The same value, that the inherent value that I have. Mm -hmm. Well, if I treat them as something less than that, well, then I've sinned, no matter what they've done. And that's and so that's what started my transformation to say, how do I start to begin yeah. with that framework of an, of equality, and that framework of common ground, and not the framework of let me first classify you of are you a Christian or not, mm-hmm. or let me classify you as what's your sexual orientation, or let me classify you as who'd you vote for in 2016, you know instead of doing that let me classify you as you were created by God, mm-hmm. and if you were created by the God and if I believe in that God well, then I need to treat you as a co-equal member of that creation. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was a huge transformation to say, let's start there. Yeah. 
and let's have relationships. And the more relationships we can have, the more we can listen to each other, the more we can experience each other's lives, um, the more we're able to love others, the more we're able to, um, you know, just live life with other people. And even if that never gets a chance to, even if I never get a chance to share the gospel with somebody, just to get a chance to love on them, just to get a chance to weep with them if that's what they need, or mourn with them if that's what they need, or just be a regular person, be a neighbor. Mm. And then that, to me, that's, that's part of the gospel. That's a huge part of it. One of the things that comes to mind as you say that is uh, Paul in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, make the most of every opportunity. Sure. And it, it makes me think that, like, we can absolutely make the most of every opportunity when we have the focus of caring about people and loving people. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes what we do is we, we don't even judge people. We just make them less than human. Sure. Um, especially as we seek to engage them, mm-hmm. somehow they become like targets. Yeah. Like you're someone that I'm supposed to convert. You're someone that I'm supposed to convert. And, and yeah. somehow we fail to, to see them as truly humans, unique individuals with hopes and dreams and desires mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. fully human yeah. and, and, and needing to engage them at that level in order for our message to have any credibility at all. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think when we start from that position, it's very difficult for people to see us as authentic mm-hmm. because I, I wouldn't see someone as authentic if, if you almost become... <laughs> the target of a solicitor who knocks on your front door. Mm. You know, you are number 472 that I've talked to today. Will you say yes? Mm. You know, and so I don't like feeling that way. And so I don't want to treat somebody else like that. Mm. And so from my perspective, this was a way for us to say, let's stop choosing sides. um, And let's start choosing relationships. And let's build those relationships on a couple of easy to remember, but hard sometimes to implement aspects, mm-hmm. which is let's find some common ground and let's exchange grace when we screw up because we're going to screw up mm-hmm. and we're going to screw up with each other. And the relationship won't survive if after the first screw up, we just say, forget it. We can't be friends anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly wouldn't have survived in a marriage if my wife had been that way with me or, yeah. or maybe vice versa. So. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a lot of what you have shared, which is a lot of what's resembled on the TED Talk, which we'll post that that link in the description of this episode, so if you want to check it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it it seems like it's a lot of building bridges with people in your life, Mm -hmm. and then as the bridge is built, then there's a ability easily to be able to share the gospel with them and share life with them. Yeah. Um, Have you found this to be true in the workplace as you're... Oh, yeah. In Wells Fargo. What, what does that look like for you? And is there any practical things that could help people get a handhold on? How can I start doing this in my workplace and yeah. engaging people? Maybe I agree with you. Uh, I want to build relationships. I, I want people to know who Jesus is. And I mm-hmm. want to share his heart just like Jesus lived. Where do I start? Yeah. Like, maybe somebody listening <laughs> is wondering, like, that's awesome. Now what? Okay. So for me, it was looking at um, my, my Romans... Um, uh, or, or Acts, I should say, uh, where Paul spoke in Rome, that moment for me was looking at the, the definition of diversity mm. and saying, okay, well, how can, I, how can I talk to people about that? But also, um, how can I ask them what their most important diversity is? So one of the things I did when I was meeting with people, um, especially if I led teams, is I said, hey, let's do an icebreaker. What's the, what's the part of this diversity wheel or the, the different areas of diversity that 
you're most passionate about. Mm. And for some people it was, I'm a veteran. For some people it was, I love sports. For some people it was, I love mountain biking. And for some people it was much deeper. Um, I was adopted or things like that. And so just starting to talk about each other's stories can be a great way to just start building relationships. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's the relationship. And and if you don't have relationship with others, it's going to be really hard to really understand them and understand, you know, what's important to them. I've Um, taken note that it's really easy to judge someone you don't actually care about or know. mm -hmm. Like it's so easy, but it's way more difficult to do that with someone you care about and know. Yeah. Well, and if you walk in, so one of the things I learned in, when I was in the Laborers Institute, <laughs> uh, old school, uh, we went to Thailand, and one of the things that um, our, our, our um, not our guides, our leaders, um, so shout out to Jeff Baxter and Jim Vermilia and all the guys who, who helped in that summer, but um, one of the things I learned was things necessarily in, in different cultures aren't right or wrong. They're just different. Mm. So in Thailand, where we went... They um, ate with primarily with a spoon, and when they picked up a fork, they did it in their left hand, and they turned it backwards, quote-unquote, and they pushed the rice onto the spoon, because a lot of their meals were rice. Mm. And if I had sat there and said, that's the wrong way to do it, <laughs> I would have been the joker sitting there picking up a piece of rice with my fork, you know, it'd yeah. take me an hour and a half to eat. <clears throat> that's the most brilliant way to eat rice that, that I have found, right? And I know there's a I lot know, of... I there's chopsticks. <laughs> you could do chopsticks. Little, uh... If the rice is sticky, that works. <laughs> but true. if it doesn't, you know... If it's not, it's... Yeah. Yeah, so, so for me, starting with the paradigm of it's not right or wrong, it may be just different, mm. allows you to say, well, what's different about it? It allows us to have some curiosity. It allows us to explore some of the majesty and the wonder of God's creation. How did he make this person? What makes mm. them tick? Mm. Have they w- been wounded in the past? I mean... It's it's hard for us to imagine a scenario that isn't impacted by sin in some way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about the curse of this world and how long the curse has been here and how, how it's been mutating over years. It's hard to imagine that. Mm. So if you approach somebody as if they are supposed to be perfect, yeah. or, uh, you know, it's hard because we don't expect that. So what are we doing? And if they don't even believe that standard, why would you expect them to follow it? Right. And if you're approaching them simply as a transaction, then they're going to feel like a transaction. Mm. Right. So I guess Mm. from my perspective, approaching somebody with curiosity, approaching somebody with grace, approaching somebody to learn about them and say, how did you come to that conclusion? Or where are you at? Um, Or what's, you know, what are you passionate about? is the most important thing uh, mm. that we can do to start a relationship. Mm. And from there, just, just let it go. Yeah. yeah, it goes. I mean, I think that's huge. Just that mentality of curiosity gets mm-hmm. you to ask questions and wonder about people. Mm-hmm. And that that practicality of, hey, asking them about their story. What's their story? Where'd they come from? Yeah. Where, why are they where they're at today? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's huge. You pick stuff up along the way, learn what their struggles are. Yeah. And man there's a place to meet them right there sure and as i have uh i'm super shy mm-hmm. awkward I, I i have a hard time talking to people but as i have implemented asking questions about them uh-huh. if you can just figure out what they're passionate about oh, yeah. as a shy awkward person it's glorious because you stop talking <laughs> and you just start listening oh yeah and you, it's hard to say the wrong thing you uh, know because I, I, I read this amazing story and and how to win friends and influence people yeah. it was a story about teddy roosevelt who was uh, the president of the United States in the 1900s. 
And he was a lot of things, but he was also a voracious reader. And what he would do when he would invite a dignitary to the White House is he would stay up the night before, he would find out what they were passionate about. He'd stay up the night before, he'd read four or five books on the topic oh they were goodness. passionate about. So, so Nathan, if, if you were passionate about alpine skiing, he would become almost an expert in alpine skiing. Be like, so what kind of skis do you think are the best? And how do you wax them? And tell me about the technique. And the person would just be amazed. And they would talk for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a great way to, to invite somebody into a relationship. Um, but I just want to stress, it's it's not, we have to be genuine about it. Mm-hmm. Like We appreciate genuineness from others. Yeah. So even if the relationship just never goes past alpine skiing or <laughs> whatever the topic is, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's a great relationship. And honestly, I thought a lot about when I was preparing for the TED Talk, how can this change? How can we change? How can we get ourselves out of this, as Deborah Tannen put it, the argument culture? You know, how do we get ourselves out? out of this trap that we're in Mm. and it's not by any one person declaring it Mm. it's not by any one person saying therefore go forth and do not argue anymore (laughs) because we've been arguing since the dawn of time Mm. right um i think it's by it's through our relationships Mm. and it's through our relationships with each other it's when we put down our arguments and we say you're somebody i'd like to have a relationship with i like to get to know and it doesn't mean we're going to agree on everything, that's okay. Yeah. Then I think we start to see people become neighbors again. And I think we start to see some of this um, uh, just you know, antagonism and this, this uh, conflict that we have start to kind of fall away mm-hmm. um, to some degree. Um, and the more and more people that have relationships like that, the less and less of this kind of argument nature mm-hmm. will have. And it doesn't mean that we have to give up what we believe. And it doesn't mean other people have to give up what they believe. We can both passionately still support and believe in each other um, and be in this relationship even if we disagree. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. If you want to check out the TED Talk, once again, it's in the comments. And uh, Matt, if there's anybody that would like to reach out to you with your men's ministry stuff, yeah. what's the best way for them to get in contact? Uh, men's ministry at visitcrossroads.com. So, can you say that one more time? Yeah, sure. Men's ministry All right. at visitcrossroads.com. Great. Or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Perfect. That's great. So Matt Trombley on LinkedIn or check out the, send him an email, whatever. Uh, So yeah, that's great. Thanks, Matt. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for joining us for this latest episode. Hope you have a great day.